This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's the Friday News Panel with Michelle McQuig and Joey Gupta. Let's address our next topic. The province of Quebec wants to double tuition for out-of-province students. Tuition for Canadians outside Quebec will jump to $17,000. That's up from just under $9,000. Higher Education Minister Pascal Derry says Quebec taxpayers should not subsidize people who may not stay in the province after graduating. There are some exemptions to the policy. So out-of-province and international students who have already started their studies in Quebec will be exempt. Students who come to Quebec as part of international agreements, like uh, some that are made with both France and Belgium, or out-of-province students enrolled in graduate programs. Graduate programs. Joita, why'd this story capture your attention? To be honest with you, I was curious about your take on the story. But with that said, <laughs> but with that said I... Um, I'm not sure if this is the case anywhere else in the province. As far as I know, uh, yes, there are two classes of students. There are domestic students who may live in uh, different parts of Canada who pay the same fee, regardless of their, uh, you know, regardless of whether they reside in in the province in which the university is located. And then, of course, you've got on the other side international students who, uh, in many parts of Canada, pay a much higher fee to attend. And that's how it's been for a number of years across many provinces and many different institutions. Now, though, it looks like if this with this policy uh, in place in Quebec, it looks like students who are out of province from Quebec are being treated analogous to international students, unless, of course, you're an international student from Belgium or France who seem to be getting a better deal than English-speaking students from across Canada. So it's a fascinating story because it what the justification for the policy is, is apparently a desire to protect and preserve the French language. And so there are yeah. a, a lot of knock-on effects of this policy. Mm-hmm. And I would be really curious about how other provinces retaliate and what this means for federalism. Okay, so Juita, you asked a question and I have an answer for you. Out-of-province students in Quebec have always been charged more. I think what made this story so jarring is the increase by which uh, out-of-province students will now be charged. They've, they've always had to pay more to go to school in Quebec, but it used to be moderate. But now mm-hmm. the number for a Canadian outside of Quebec to study in Quebec is getting much closer to the international student number, which is around $20,000 a year. So so you're right to identify that this is a stark increase, but it's not necessarily a new policy in terms of like black and white on ink. It's just the number by which it's gone up. Michelle, your generalized thoughts on Quebec's policy here. Yeah, I, I, what really strikes me is how consistent this is with this government's approach to French language issues. Uh, this is a government that has made it extremely clear time and again that defending the French language and bolstering the French language and seeing ex- expanded use in the public service is a top priority. They've gotten into a lot of trouble over it. They forged on anyway. And this particular policy seems to me really targeted because there are 
let's count them, one, two, three English language universities in Quebec. That's who's mm -hmm. going to really feel the effects of this the most. I do find it very interesting that they're still allowing grad students to maintain the the, the, the rate. Because you, when I first read this, I thought, are they trying to shut these universities down? Is that their end game is to try and push them out of the game? The fact that they're allowing grad students or not putting these extra burdens on grad students makes me wonder because that's where a lot of the prestige of a university comes from. It's from yeah, the graduate work. Yeah. So that kind of counters that particular narrative. Nonetheless, it is going to be a very devastating move for these English language universities. And there are some, you know, McGill is one of the crown jewels of Canadian universities. Yes. It's a top tier university. I spent four years there. Eh. <laughs> I was dragging, if anything, I was dragging it down. It's okay. We got Michael Leonardo out in Concordia upping the game for everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Mike, if you're listening. Anyway, no. Like this, this, this seems to be very targeted and part of a broader agenda, and that's what really jumps out at me. And I, I, I feel like they're largely not going to face a lot of retaliation on this. I, I don't know exactly how much can be done, but this is a very striking instance of this government taking a stance, but this time in a way that it does have more ripple effects beyond the province's borders. That yeah. hasn't been the case as much before. Yeah, again, again I think just the jarringness mm -hmm. of the number, right? Mm -hmm. The policy is not yeah. brand new, but the jarringness of the number certainly impacts people. You have to bear in mind that Quebec, by far, for residents of the province, is the cheapest university in the country. The government spends a ton of money subsidizing undergraduate programs. Listen, my experience 20 years ago is not relevant to today, right? 20 years ago, I was in university. But I will tell you this, including student fees and tuition in an undergraduate poli-sci degree, I was paying $2,500 a year because of the heavy wow. subsidization wow. for- That's uh, amazing. Yeah, for for That's like in, for like yeah. in province students, so like like this like this really matters. Quebec mm -hmm. also has very generous uh, student loan and student grant programs. The province of Quebec has always put a huge investment in post secondary education. I would also suggest just the creation of the CJEP pathway, their pre university college pathway, is also one of the smartest ideas in Canada in terms of letting seventeen and eighteen year olds figure out their path for a couple of years before they go mm -hmm. to university, yes. but get them totally. out of high school. Like, like, there's a lot of stuff Quebec is doing right here. And Michelle, you are right that they are consistent in... Th this government is consistent in their priority in regards to protecting the French language. And I find yeah. this policy to be a lot less concerning, at least in the short term. I find this to be a lot less concerning than some of the more stringent and strict, what I'll call cultural restrictions mm -hmm. they've put in place. Mm -hmm. Those really concern me. Like, not being able to wear religious symbols... Uh, really restricting the use of uh, the public's access to utilizing English for government services. I think a lot of that is more nefarious than this. But Joita, you said the word long-term, the ripple effect. Mm. I do think that this policy could have a really negative impact on the city of Montreal specifically, but the yes. province as a whole, because the culture of the city is vibrant because of two incredible English language universities in the city and two mm -hmm. incredible French language universities in the city. Four of four gargantuan great academic institutions, McGill, Concordia, UCAM, and UDM, 
are all top-notch schools. And That's if you right. and if you think about the artistic culture that thrives in Montreal, a lot of that, Juita, is because of people coming from all over the continent and the country to be part of a cultural base, an artistic cultural base in Montreal, and I don't think it's going to ripple out in the short term, but mm -hmm. 10 years down the line, I think this could have a really negative impact on my old hometown. Yeah, absolutely. And also on the uh, on the universities in question, I mean, already uh, McGill and Concordia are talking about how hard they're going to be hit from a budgetary standpoint. Uh, I know that um, it's grad work that brings a lot of prestige to the university, but it's undergraduates that pay a lot of the bills. Yeah, yeah. It's yep, a yep, reality. Yep. You can't yep. get away from the numbers. And so I think uh, there are going to be knock-on effects on that. The other thing that's really interesting to me, and we've had this conversation about healthcare, is where if you live in Canada, anywhere across the country, you should have access to the same uh, or types of healthcare. That that's, there's a question of equity there. And so when you look at the, the mobility clause in the Constitution, it also talks about how Can Canadians have the right to live and work anywhere across the country. And you've really got to wonder what the effects of a policy like this would be, whether Canadians from outside the province of Quebec would opt to live or work in um in in Quebec and whether or not you know maybe as a bit in a bid to preserve the French language if it's actually infringing to an extent on the constitutional rights of all Canadians to live and work anywhere in the province now granted the constitution doesn't uh -huh. go ahead and spell out that uh you know you're not allowed to discriminate uh and nor does the constitution spell out education but that's why we might end up seeing a legal challenge down the road based on the mobility clause of the constitution and since i brought up the constitution you'll ask but you know couldn't they just use the notwithstanding clause well i sorry about the nerdiness of this all but i actually went and checked and it's one of the clauses that's exempt from the use of the notwithstanding clause so i would be very interested to see you're saying a, a retaliation is unlikely but i would be very interested to see if it does lead to some kind of a a legal challenge and what the outcome of that might be. But again, I want to reiterate, like this idea of charging out of province students more is not new, right? So if, if there had been a, a legal challenge mm -hmm. mounted, it would have yeah. been mounted a long time ago. I want to offer some uh, numbers for context here. You know, Dave Brown, this guy loves numbers. Mathematician Brown over here. What do you guys think the uh, average tuition for an undergraduate uh, at the University of Toronto is? Probably now about six, seven, eight thousand dollars yes. for just a BA. Yeah. Yes, six thousand five hundred yeah, a year I couldn't... was was okay. the number yeah. was the number that a quick Google search gave me. What do you think it is at uh, UBC out there in Vancouver? Jeez, oh, uh, seventy five. A little under six, a little under six to go to under. You, do, okay. Yeah, okay, a little okay. under six thousand. Although you got to live in Vancouver, so uh, be ready to I mean, uh, yeah. sell, sell a limb yeah. to uh, to make that work. <laughs> what, what and do your you, firstborn. What do you think? So, so again, knowing that international fees in Quebec are around twenty thousand dollars to attend a university, what do you think it costs for an international student at the U of T, University of Toronto? Oh my God! Too much. Like it's forty, fifty thousand. Like it's it's obscene. Wow, Joita's really good at these numbers. Forty-five thousand. You are forty-five thousand for a, for an undergrad for a year of undergraduate at U of T. What what about UBC? You got that, Joita? Let's see. No, sorry, I wasn't on the governing council for UBC, <laughs> but I was on the governing council for UBC. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I was asking an insider these questions, <laughs> Michelle. Your your guess on UBC. I was gonna say I'm not even gonna bother, but now I'll take a start at it. Um, thirty-eight. Boom! On the pin! Dude. 
that was just luck. Sorry. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> anyway, I just, I just, I just think like on, sort of on the way out in this conversation, it's worth offering some of those numbers for context. That that although domestically it's about to get very expensive for a Canadian to go to school in Quebec from outside Quebec, there's still going to be a lot of international students who are going to be looking closely at Quebec because the price is so much lower. And I wonder if that might be the government uh, biting off its nose to spite its face, Michelle. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The, the one other thing that I was thinking about is what happens to Francophones who live outside the province of Quebec. If they want to get a French language education, do they end up paying $17,000 for a year of undergrad? Yeah, Franco-Ontarians or uh, Franco-Ontarians. Yeah. Any yeah. other minority. Or, yeah. yeah, folks yeah. in New Brunswick too. counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I seem like there I feel like there's some French language clauses that might mitigate that, but I could be wrong. But we talked about some of the knock-on effects and we were already seeing one immediate one from McGill who had to cancel a $50 million investment in a French language program, funnily <laughs> enough, um, because of the now expected financial pressures they're going to face. Because this rule kicks in for next year's tuition. So every, all the money's locked in for this current school year. But people who are shopping around for universities now are the ones who are going to have yeah. to make some to do some you know yeah. revise their math a little bit as they consider their options uh, so again though the, their exemption is if you're already in one of these programs you're grandfathered in through the through your through your undergraduate degree yes yeah exactly so none of, yeah. none of this kicks in until until next year really yeah. yeah um but we're you know in these efforts to target english language instruction on one level we, we do see that there can be some ripple effects on french language instruction as well uh so i i I do find this particular policy a little baffling, especially in light of the fact that it triggered immediate outrage. Like it's just, this government seems to love chasing controversy yeah. and time and again, they make these announcements and they, they have a very thick skin. They, they, they seem impervious to the pushback that they face and they forge ahead. And so far they have been successful in getting their agenda largely implemented. And, and this one is very popular. Like, 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 th like this priority of protecting the French language is very popular for the Coalition Avenir Quebec mm -hmm. and Premier Francois Legault. Like it's, it's, it's actually reminds yes. me a little bit of Danielle Smith, the premier in Alberta, where there's a certain degree of, we don't care what you think in Ontario. Ontario or Nova Scotia, we're just going to do our own thing. We have our own priority, and our choir likes it when we sit, when we give them this tune to sing. So I, I, I do think that there's a certain sense of someone watching this this morning who might be in Quebec. Because by the way, there are people in Quebec who are also not happy with this. They think they think it's a bad idea. But I sure. I bet you, if someone who's a CAC supporter, a Coalition Avenir Quebec supporter, was watching this this morning, they would say. Look at this Anglophone Montrealer and a bunch of Torontonians taking pot shots at us. This is popular. We like it. And I, and I will say, sitting in this chair, Very fair. it's yep. way less nefarious than some of the other nonsense this government has done. <laughs> and let's leave it there. Coming up next, governments are taking aim at short-term rentals like Airbnb. How does that fit into the broader issue of the housing crisis? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.